Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Beat the House Podcast with your host here, Justin Everett, also known as Smooth underscore 702 on Twitter. Go ahead and give me a follow, shout me out, let me know what you think of the show so far. Let me know what you think of the content. And, you know, I want to start off the show by just wishing you guys a happy 4th of July weekend. You know, I hope it was, you know, spent well with, you know, family and loved ones and you guys had a good time. You know, ate some good food and hung out and, you know, did some responsible things and had some fun like that. I know I enjoyed myself with my family, you know, eating us some good food and, you know, spending some some time with my nephew and, you know, having fun and lighting fireworks and things like that. But, you know, we, um, we're we here to, you know, make a little bit of money on some some uh, some sports gambling picks, some sports handicaps. And, you know, we did get a winner, you know, over this 4th uh, of, you know, July holiday uh, on Tuesday. You know, we had the Blue Jays cash as a small favorite, uh, as minus 121. You know, if you could have got that pick, you know, following my action page, if you haven't downloaded the app, and go follow that page. Go ahead and do that now. You know, it's free. Uh, don't have any affiliation, you know, with the Action Network, like I said on the first episode. But, you know, I do think it's the best app that you can use to track your bets and uh, keep, you know, track of your winnings and, you know, follow some other uh, successful handicappers as, there, as well in their respective sports, um, as well as myself. So, um, like I said, we had this pick, you know, Monday. It cashed as a a small favorite uh, over the White Sox, and Chris Bassett got the start for the Blue Jays, and he had a solid outing. He went six innings, um, gave up three runs. It was a mistake pitch, you know, to one of the hottest hitters in the game, and Luis Roberts, who you know nobody seems to be able to get him out. You know, he's having a, a really great season. All star heading into Seattle, you know, in the next week, but he ranks top five and. Pretty much all the major statistical categories for a hitter and uh, Bassett made a mistake pitch and, you know, Roberts made him pay for it. But game wasn't over there with, you know, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Stepping up to the plate, top of the ninth and knocking uh, a two run homer out the park to give us the lead. And the bullpen for the Blue Jays was able to come in and shut it down. So a uh, nice win there on the uh, over the holiday a weekend to celebrate and over the last couple of days we're two and one so um hopefully we continue to find a, a nice rhythm here as we you know get into you know some more days in july and you know just continue winning success and stacking days and stacking units so um that's it for the recap there and let's move on to the mlb card for uh the fifth and you know i've got a couple Couple picks stood out to me. You know, one that I really like most, uh, more than the other. You know, Red Sox minus one hundred six over the Rangers. Uh, short favorites, short home favorites. Thirty three percent of the tickets, forty five percent of the money currently coming in on Boston at home. Uh, Brian Bailo gets to start for Boston, and opposite him will be John Gray for the Rangers. And Bayo over his last three starts. We've been a little bit more over his last three starts. He's been pitching really well, but I like to look at pitchers' last three starts as they're coming into their next start. And Bayo's been really solid, you know, with the 242 fit and opponent batting average of just 164 compared to Gray over his last three starts, who just has a 554 fit uh, with a 291 opponent batting average. And Bayo, um, he doesn't have a, a really high strikeout rate. It's hovering right around league average. Um, he does give up, you know, a right around league average for honk, hard contact, 
uh, when, you know, uh, batters do are able to put the ball in play. But 58% of those balls are, you know, go for ground balls. So it should be in position for, you know, a lot of either, you know, single hits that really shouldn't hurt the Red Sox as long as their defensive line is uh, lined up uh, is lined up okay. And, you know, some potential double plays as well. So you can have some, some quick innings and uh, drive go deep into the ball game with a pretty respectable pitch count, you know, as long as, you know, those balls that do happen to get in play, you know, stay on the ground and don't go for, you know, hard contact. Um, Gray, uh, John Gray for the Rangers, um, he's a little bit opposite. You know, he has a 33% hard contact rate, which is a little bit over, you know, the league average. He also has a 13% home run to fly ball ratio, uh, which is over league average. And he has a 326 opponent uh, bat pit. So this Red Sox line, especially at home, uh, she should be able to put up runs in a lot of different ways, you know, when it comes to facing gray, whether that be with the home run or just driving, you know, runs in and get on base. And if they're also, you know, pretty disciplined at the plate, um, you know, gray has a, a pretty high uh, walk ratio at 11%, which is also above league average. So now look for, you know, the Red Sox to bounce back and win game two of this series there. And, you know, moving on to the next game, this is a little bit more of a lean than a strong play. Uh, this could turn into a play for me later on. Um, going to go to the Orioles and Yankees game and look towards the total nine and a half. Uh, currently right now, you can get it at even money at Circa. Uh, DraftKings is at minus 115, so recommend shop around and, you know, get the best price and lay the least juice so that uh, you can have the biggest return if it does come through, if you like this play as well. But, you know, Dean Kramer is going to get the start for uh, Baltimore and Randy Vasquez. Uh, Seems like he's making a spot start for the Yankees here, you know, as they, um, you know, have, you know, taxed the bullpen a little bit, playing the doubleheader over the weekend. And, you know, going pretty hard the first couple of games in this series and using a lot of their high leverage guys and some key guys, you know, making some starts here. Uh, Seems like uh, Aaron Boone, um, since they have this series pretty much wrapped up, taking the first two games of the series, um, is okay with Randy Vasquez making the start. But, you know, he's only made two starts this year, uh, this year in the majors. And he has a 484 FIP with a 162 opponent batting average. But, in his 13 starts in uh, AAA ball, he has a 5.11 ERA, so not real solid numbers there. And he's going to be have he's going to have to deal with a really solid, you know, Orioles lineup that's kind of been struggling over the last few games, even going back to their series, you know, before this against the Twins. So I think this is a great spot for them to break out and put up at least four to five runs here. And Dean Kramer over his last three starts hasn't been any, you know. Any good as well with the 829 fit uh, with the opponent batting average of 246. And, you know, something that stuck out for me for Kramer as well, you know, he has a 32% home run fly ball ratio over his last three starts coming into this game and going into Yankee Stadium, which is, which is very much a hitter friendly park. You know, that bodes well for the Yankees. You know, they haven't been producing and scoring a lot of runs. Um, overall, since Aaron Judge has been out going back to, you know, the first week of June. But over their last 10 games, they scored five plus runs in six of those. So they're kind of turning the corner a little bit. Um, they play a little bit better at home, produce a little bit better at home. And some bats in that lineup has picked it up a little bit, especially 
uh, talking about Anthony Volpe, the rookie. I know he didn't get a hit um, in their last game, but they still were able to, you know, put up some runs there. And, you know, some other guys in that lineup has also stepped up and produced really well. So, uh, you know, I kind of ex- expect for both teams to produce at least five or four runs, you know, a piece, maybe even a little bit more. Um, so this, like I said, this could turn into a play for me rather than just a lean. So that'll wrap up, you know, the the baseball talk there. Um, got some latest news on NBA free agency, um, you know, with Dame Lillard. And, you know, since free agency is, you know, winding down a little bit, pretty much all the big moves and big names have been made already. And, you know, teams are just filling out the bottom of their roster a couple of teams have pretty much wrapped up their free agency season um, by signing, you know, 13, 14 guys and probably just going to look to sign the rest of their rookies, you know, once, we, you know, once summer league comes to an end. But just go, let's start with the Dame Lillard news, the latest what's been going on with him. Uh, seeing some reports out there that, you know, even though there's some other teams that are trying to get into mix to acquire Dame, uh, him and his agent, you know, still are set on being traded to Miami. And, you know, going back to the first show, um, you know, I was pretty set on him going to Miami as well. I thought it was pretty much a dead lock. And it was just a matter of time before he show, before he was traded to Miami. But because before the news, you know, came out that he wanted to be traded and his team of destination were the Heat, you know, the, the, the Miami Heat were 16 to 1 on their title odds. And when that news came out, they quickly moved to nine to one. So um, odds makers don't make that big of an adjustment without them, you know, pretty much knowing something. But, you know, as I, you know, digested a little bit more news um, as it, you know, as this has progressed, um, the Heat, they don't really have, you know, the assets that interest Portland. And I think they have also came out and said that um, in regards to sending Tyler Hero. Uh, to Portland, and it didn't really that doesn't really make a lot of sense uh, to me, and uh, so I kind of agree with Portland not wanting and you know not being that interested in receiving Tyler Hero back because at their guard spot, you know, they just drafted Scoot Henderson, who's going to be the face of the franchise or the future of the franchise. Uh, Anthony Simons is an up and coming young star that they play at the two guard, and they do have you know Shaden Sharp who. Is also can play the uh, the point or the shooting guard spot, and since we are a little bit smaller in the NBA in today's game, he could slide over and play a little bit small forward. So, um, if Portland is gung ho on you know moving in the direction to allow that young backcourt to develop and grow through their you know uh, growing pains, and you know winning isn't really that much of a priority right now, but you know just prioritizing them then it doesn't make sense to bring in a guy like a Tyler Hero who's um, pretty much an established player in the league. You know, he's averaged about 19, anywhere from 19 to low 20 points per game. So he's going to need his shots. He's going to need his minutes. He's fairly young himself and is still looking to, you know, carve out his name a little bit more in his league as well. So really didn't make sense of a fit there. And they just don't have any other, you know, assets that would interest Miami, in, in my opinion. Um, so I think, you know, out of respect um, that this organization, you know, has for Dame, you know, they may be giving, you know, Miami a little bit more time to try to bring in a third and possibly a fourth team if needed to get the trade done. But I think if they were just able to, 
do the deal that makes the most sense for them. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, uh, they were to send, you know, Dame to Boston for a potential trade with uh, Jalen Brown and not needing another team to get involved to get the deal completed. You know, if, if that were to happen, I think it makes sense on both sides. Um, you know, we've seen the tandem of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum produce at a very high level, you know, none other than this year where both, when both players, um, you know, made all NBA teams and eligible for, you know, some pretty lengthy and uh, um, extensions there. Um, but it's kind of uh, been kind of curious as to why, you know, Jalen Brown's extension hasn't been, you know, uh, signed and uh, delivered yet. And I think that Boston's holding out, you know, hoping that they could, uh, put a trade package around him to bring, you know, Dame Lillard to Boston and pair him with Jason Tatum and, you know, their newly acquired, you know, four slash five man and Christoph Porzingis to form their own version of a big three. And I think that would give them a lot more balance on the court, especially in, you know, high leverage games as they get into the playoffs and advance deeper in the playoffs. You know, for about two years now, we've seen, you know, uh, the the duo of Jalen Brown and uh, Jason Tatum kind of come to a standstill, you know, on the biggest stages as they, you know, advance further into the playoffs on the final stage and this past year in the conference final stages. And, you know, it just, you know, couldn't figure it out, you know, for whatever reason. Maybe, you know, those two guys play a little bit too, more, too much like each other and they don't have a, um, a point guard like a Dame Lillard, you know, to balance them out. But, you know, if they were to make that trade acquisition, I think it gives them a little bit more balance from that standpoint. And on the on Portland uh, Portland side of things, you know, Jalen Brown, you know, this past season, he spent 58% of his minutes at the small forward spot. So um, Portland could bring him in um, at the small forward spot and not disrupt the, the growth of a Scoot Henderson and Anthony Simons. And, you know, while they're growing and, and learning and, you know, getting better as a young team in the league, you know, Jalen Brown could be, you know, the face of that franchise until it's time to hand it over to Scoot Henderson. Uh, they can be competitive, you know, just about every night. It gives them a solid starting five as well um, with Scoot Henderson, Simons, um, Brown, Grant, and Nurkic, um, and Sharp coming off the bench. So that team can still be competitive with some assets in their back pocket. And I think it's something that could work on both sides. So, um, that's something that I would be on the lookout for um, if, you know, Miami can't, you know, get a trade package or some other teams involved that could kind of interest Portland a little bit more to get this deal done sooner rather than later. Then I think Portland could pivot and trade uh, Lillard to Boston for Brown. And, you know, it, that could be a trade that could work out for both sides. So moving along to, you know, the next topic. Uh, since free agency is winding down a little bit now and pretty much all the big news and, and names have been, you know, um, wrapping up and taking place already, except with the Lillard news and uh, James Harden news. Um, you know, the teams that I think that came out on top uh, would be the Lakers, uh, the Clippers and the Nuggets. You know, th- those would be the top three teams that I would have, you know, coming into, you know, next season. Uh, Denver obviously being the favorite at, you know, plus 475 uh, with a chance to repeat. The Lakers at 12 to 1 to win the title. And, you know, the team that I think that has 
the one of the best chances and it's pretty underrated and undervalued, you know, going into next season are the Los Angeles Clippers currently at 18 to one to win the finals and 10 to one to win the West. Now, going into last season, the Clippers had a, a few question marks and, you know, the biggest one was the point guard position. And they thought they addressed that issue by bringing in John Wall. Um, and as the season played out, it just didn't work out uh, to their liking. And they went hunting for another point guard. And, and luckily, they were able to land Russell Westbrook. And he didn't have as an impactful um, season or seasons with the Lakers as they might anticipate him having. But when he came to the Clippers, he pretty much answered and solved every you know question that the Clippers had you know, about him and, you know, what they needed from him for their team. You know, like I said before, you know, his numbers were solid, you know, 15, 7, and 5 across the board, really efficient scorer and shooter at 49% from the field and 35% from three. But his numbers, you know, went up in the playoffs, you know, without Kawhi Leonard and, and Paul George. And, you know, they were up against the Phoenix Suns, who was the favorite to win the West and, and win the title going into the playoffs. And, you know, without, you know, two of their top three players from games three through five, you know, those games were still really competitive with you know, Westbrook out there and the rest of the role players. You know, they only lost by about seven and a half points a game. And, you know, with Kawhi and PG on the floor uh, just this past season, they nearly won, you know, 70% of their games there. So, um, you know, just pretty much running their team back, you know, as they're, you know, rounding out their roster in, in free agency by, you know, bringing back uh, Mason Plumlee as well, a, a really solid player for them at the uh, the trade deadline and uh, bringing over uh, uh, K.J. Martin, you know, from the Houston Rockets. I don't really anticipate any other big moves from them, um, you know, with their roster pretty much. Uh, coming back intact with the uh, roster they finished the season with. And, you know, for the end of the regular season, um, going into the playoffs, they had the ninth best offensive rating. Um, they did have the 20th rated uh, defense, but I think that will improve, you know, if they can get some good fortune and good health uh, with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, you know, being healthy, uh, being healthier and playing more games and playing more games together. So, I think any time that you can build a roster out and you have championship aspirations and the, you know, biggest thing that you have to worry about is, you know, health, you know, keeping your team healthy, uh, peaking at the right time and going into the playoffs healthy. I think you've done your job at, at building your roster because, you know, health could, you know, um, ruin a lot of other teams, um, you know, uh, championship aspirations, the ones that have legitimate ones. So, you can say injuries can you can say injuries can ruin a lot of other teams' plans as well. So, you know that's something that you know they can't a hundred percent control themselves. But I think that if they're able to stay healthy, um, I have I think they have one of the three best rosters in the league. Um, mentioning you know with the team like Boston, uh, Milwaukee, and the Lakers, um, with their collective of, of role players, I really just don't see um, how. They can't advance, you know, to the Western Conference Finals. And given how, you know, bad the media is down on them, as, you know, they just mentioned that Kawhi and PG are never healthy and can never stay healthy. Um, you know, if they're, if they're able to get over that hump, 
Um, you know, they can match up and line up with uh, just about anybody in the league. And I think they'll be one of the most underrated teams going into next season. Uh, so I think that the uh, the 18 to 1 odds numbers for their, their title odds and the 10 to 1 um, odds to win the West are, you know, great value to play now as we know you know, what their roster is pretty much going to look like going into next season. You know, unless they abruptly, you know, um, throw everything, throw all their chips in the table and, you know, go after James Harden. I really don't see how much, you know, sense that would make, you know, now that they're, you know, solidified at the point guard spot, bringing back, you know, Russell Westbrook and having Bones Highland as a backup to pretty much, you know, complete that point guard position and, you know, with the rest of the roster, intact um you know i think that's uh how they're going to choose to move uh going forward so you know that's um that's going to be a wrap for the show a little quick show here i just wanted to get something out for you guys you know over the holiday weekend you know see if we can keep you know the mlb winnings going and you know just my uh, views and thoughts on how nba free agency is wrapping out and how it's heading uh, looks like we're going to be sitting tight for this dame willard news for a little bit as Portland isn't eager to make, you know, any um, any deals that they don't feel will make them better. So, um, you know, that's going to wrap up the show. You know, uh, let me know what you guys think. Uh, if you like what you hear, go ahead and uh, download the show, sub- subscribe to it. Uh, shout me out on Twitter, uh, smooth underscore 702. Uh, and just let me know what you think. And, you know, I wish you guys good luck. And I'll catch up with you guys next time.